he just kept going and he showed such resilience and he I guess for myself probably it was greatest for me because it took me back to my journey as a runner and and he just dug deep and you could just see it was those the you know the top sort of six inches that that did the work for him that day and um he fell he got up he kept going and and did he what? He dropped that athletic kid that, you know, um, had more things stacked for him and he just kept going. I don't know, Sarah, if you can pick who I'm talking about, but um, yeah, I just, I, I often reflect back on him in that day and when I'm having a hard day, I think, gosh, you know, if he can do that, then yeah, pick it up, keep going. Kia ora that was Joe Ryder from Trailblazers Aotearoa. I'm Matt Raymond. I'm Eugene Bingham. And this is Dirt Church Radio. Interesting conversations with interesting runners. Wild Things. Uh, go there to check out the Wild Things trail directory, the peak directory, the shop, all the things. Get your VIP membership. Uh, get a good deal using the code DCR2022. Uh, you get 15 months for the price of 12 wildthings.club go and do it take advantage of that little code you'll be happy Rob will be happy we'll be happy do it it's getting soupy it's getting gnarly the trails are getting wet um, things are getting hectic and and your you know your less gnarly shoes I'm frankly are just not going to cut it but I tell you what will cut it the Scott running Supertrack RC2. Incredible. Uh, with such fantastic features as radial traction, e-ride midsole, shoulder cold back upper. Now I do know what that is. That is an easily out of all the running shoes I've ever owned, the best upper uh, I've ever had. Um, toe guard, performance tongue, which sounds, you know, dazzling. It, what I do know is is these stick like white on rice and um, just incredible shoe. If you're looking for something to you know handle wet rocks and mud, etc., 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 get after it. Go to scottrunning.nz to pick up the Supertrack RC2. You should also get yourselves into the best little independent outdoor retail store in Aotearoa. Oh, the known universe, actually, mate. Oh, right. Sorry. Check me out. Further faster, uh, we got into our montane jackets on Sunday out in the rough of Riverhead. It's wild. Whew, so wild. But luckily we had our montane jackets on. You can find all those sorts of things, including those jackets, and all sorts of things at the Further Faster store down on Otatahi Christchurch, or get yourself along to furtherfaster.co.nz. They go something like further, faster, they're in Christchurch Rocky is hairy and so is Badger Jules is nice and Jacob is delicious Go to further, faster now Oh, further, faster, they're in Christchurch Rocky is hairy and so is Badger Jules is nice and Jacob is delicious Go to further, faster now Dirt Church Radio Episode 197 of Dirt Church Radio We made it and you are free how are you feeling? I uh, no, a hundred percent better. Yeah. Yep, hundred percent better. So it's been a journey. We um we recorded some podcasts, which will come out in in the later weeks, which uh, capture the 
the low points, or well, not the low points, but the you, you know, can hear the, it in the, your voice. The wild, yeah, the wild ride yeah. that is COVID nineteen. But um, yeah, how good, man! Got out for a run yesterday together, and uh, just awesome to be in the forest again. Hey. Yeah, it was so so good, and it was how cool to be um, joined for a few kilometers by a couple of companions. Yeah, it was it was epic. Uh, Lola and Rigby uh, jumped on, shared a ride to the forest, and then um, yeah, joined us for the first couple of k, and then peeled off and did their own thing, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it was super cool. Uh, I could see the look in Rigby's eyes of "see you later, losers" as he as he right, trot off exactly. with Lola. So, yeah. Hey, um, what a reaction to last week's uh, episode with Dr. Stacy Sims that went off. Yeah, I mean, she certainly uh, brought all the wahine to the yard, as it were. And if, I mean, if you haven't listened, go back and hear some, I mean, it was a great conversation. Lots of truth bombs got dropped. And, you know, Stacey, she's a world-leading export, export, <laughs> world-leading expert. She's an import, actually, in uh, thinking around women's performance. And she, I mean, she had some great nuggets for that on us, including from her book, Next Level, but there were plenty in there from the blo- for the blokes too, and plenty of blokes certainly got in touch. Yeah, yeah, it was it was um, yeah, it was, uh, you know the the impact that it had was quite quite amazing, wasn't it? Um, yeah, as Absolutely. we said last week, she was there by popular demand. Yeah. So this week, a really special episode. Um, we don't often have double acts, uh, apart from us, <laughs> but um, this week, extra special, we're joined by uh, Joe Ryder and Sarah Haidewa from Trailblazers Aotearoa. Joe's the program leader in Christchurch and Sarah is the program leader in Porirua, where it all began with Joe. And what Trailblazers does it utilizes trails and running as a vehicle for young people to overcome the impacts of adversity. It's a volunteer-led organization that Joe founded after going to schools through her um, work with the police and realized that through running she could bring something to the rangatahi in this country. And um, the program curriculum is designed and based on neurobiology and traumatology, so it's designed for healing. And it was a really it was a wonderful conversation, and I, I was inspired in in lots of ways um that i i I didn't expect and and we hope you will be too yeah um it's a yeah it's i mean it's phenomenal what um what they're doing with that organization and they want to see it grow and um hopefully this conversation will be able to you know reach some people who might be able to help um but also you'll learn a lot and 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 get um some good training tips as well along the way there yeah. you go. So, um, look, just before we carry on, um, Patreon patrons, thank you to our Patreon patrons, patrons and patients. Uh, we really appreciate your support. Uh, we've recently started using a remote recording platform, which has made things better for our guests and, and more efficient for us as well. And that's just one example of something we wouldn't be able to do without the support we get. So, Nami Hinui, um, if you want to set up a, a regular donation or, or make a one-off uh, donation, then you can find us at patreon.com slash Radio. That's not a new wheelhouse. It's not something that can you can afford at the moment. That's totally, totally cool. Um, if it's not something you want to do, uh, we're still here for you. Don't worry. Right. Stuff you should know. Live show coming up. Um, we've got our 200th show fast approaching. So we thought we'd celebrate in style. 
Yeah, we're going to have a live show in Auckland in our own backyards. Well, really, it's, it's yeah, at, at Halitau Brewery, which is on the Coatesville Riverhead Highway, kicking off at 1pm. So, you know, be there or don't, I guess, but it'd be really great if you could come. Um, we've got some really great guests already lined up, literally plane tickets booked, just to set expectation levels uh, domestic plane tickets it's not international uh plane tickets booked and um we're gonna have some really really cool giveaways and one of them if you've seen uh the video that we posted on our instagram is courtesy of our friends at iron man who've given us an entry for the tarawera ultra marathon and you can choose the 102 the 50 or the 21k uh you can put your name into the bucket or the hat and we'll draw a winner during the show Mm, so make sure you get along for that in fact um, we've got two more entries from Taragueta. So uh, for the next month, this two two other ways you can win. For the next month, if you send in a greatest run ever, you'll go in the draw to win an entry. Uh, so all the greatest run ever submissions that we get to dirtchurchradio at gmail.com before July the 10th, uh, will go in mm-hmm. the draw to win a Taragueta entry for the 102, the 50K or the 21K. Third and final one, so we've got three, uh, we're going to give away one on our social media. So make sure you follow us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Uh, Look out uh, for the post this week, like it and put your name in the comments and we'll draw a winner and announce it next week. And I mean, you know, Tarawera is opening June 16th. Um, It didn't run this year, obviously, because, you know, there was a pandemic happening. Um, I guess there still is, but... You know, they, they, <laughs> you know that that was the decision made at the time, and yeah, people are super excited. So, mm. but, yeah, actually, uh, entries open today if you're listening on the Wednesday. Yeah, um, yeah, I wouldn't be dilly dallying because people are going to be snapping them. Yeah, up. well, with the postponement, um, and also uh, overseas runners can come back again this year for the first time in a couple of years. So, you know. It's going to be um, it's going to be in hot demand, but um, you can get one of you could try your luck winning one via us. So, uh, by the way, you'll only be able to win once, not all three, because you know you can only race one race. Surely, yeah, that's right. Timing doesn't so work you, out. You can, no, you can't. You can't. You can't. You can just do one race. So yeah, look out for the live show giveaway, greatest one ever. Send them in, or look out for the social media post, and we'll draw winners. Speaking of race tickets that are in hot demand, uh, the Kepler Challenge entries go on sale the morning of our live show, which is July 2nd. So we imagine there'll be a few people who will have been up early trying to mash the refresh button and um, get into the, the, I mean, that race will sell out. Literally, that race is going to sell out in seconds. Yeah. Um, so make sure you register beforehand to make the entry process smooth. Have good Wi-Fi yep. and uh, n- nimble Nimble clicking fingers yeah, and, and get up and, and dose. We wish you the dose best. on coffee. You know, make sure you've got your laptop powered up, or maybe have like a couple of devices going. But yeah, go for it. Um, look, we need an update to last week, the Southern Sydney Twenty Four Hour Ultra, which we talked about last last week. Um, there were a couple of records broken, so. Our very own Ringo Starr, or maybe he's Paul McCartney. Did we get a decision on that? He'd be a Pete Shelley. Okay, all right. Andrew McDowell. Uh, So in the M40, 
six hour, he set a new record of 66.352 kilometers. Uh, and in the 100 miles as well, his was uh, 15 hours, 58 minutes and 34 seconds. Also an M40 record. So, woohoo. Yeah. And also... The incredible Wayne Botha, who, uh, he's, I mean, he's all but promised sure. oh, to come on do two Absolutely. He's just, he's just, um, we can book him in. Book him in. Yeah. That's right. It's good, good as, uh, sure as the day's long. Um, Wayne uh, in the mail, 50, 12 hour, he, a new record of, uh, get this, 124.122K. Uh, and in the New Zealand mail, 56 hour, 66 kilometers, 66.352 kilometers. Those records are, ratified and my goodness me what a feat mm, indeed indeed um the mount difficulty ascent was on over the weekend holy hecka uh, a real terry davis special i mean you know if the hills and the terrain aren't tough enough he you know arranged a winter blizzard as well did you see that snow yeah i did i did i i much prefer the uh the the wine to the race, uh, to be honest True. with you, but I mean, it it, it looked um, it, it looked terrible, <laughs> you know. Uh, it, Terry Davis, I mean, he, the man himself, he got up at two in the morning to check the course, and he described it as adventurous. So if, if, <laughs> if Terry Davis is going, oh, that's a bit adventurous, then you know that you're in for a, a, a heck of a good time. Yeah, yeah. So they had some course adjustments, and I think everyone ended up running the 25K course, but it looked like an incredible time for all. 145 finishes, or maybe we call them survivors. Uh, Hamish Elliott and Naomi Brand were first back to get the, the warm cupper and get the blanket on and stuff like that. Is it even a weekend in the winter months without an Xterra happening somewhere in a major city in Aotearoa? And there were uh, races at the Shakespeare Regional Park in Auckland and at the Woolshed in Wellington. They both looked super fun. The Rogaine series began in Waimauku and there was the Possum down in Taupo. And I mean, that race looks fun. It's it sure night. does. Yeah. And and one of the things that probably made it more special for all involved and, and not less for the people themselves that are involved, um, Kerry Suter and Ellie Pottinger were there too, uh, calling people home. So um, amazing return uh, for both of them and, you know, a lot of love for both. Absolutely. Greatest, Greatest run, run ever. ever. Greatest Run Ever, which is the part of the show where we ask you to write into us and tell us your greatest run ever. It doesn't have to be a race or a mountain summit. It might, might just be a run around the block. Something that's sung to you for some reason. Send them into us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. And remember, you may win a Tarawera entry if you get them in soon. So please do. This is from Dave Byrne. I love this one. Our twins were born in 2014 and we were living in Roslyn in Palmerston North. A reasonably sketchy suburb. At around 10.30 on an early summer's evening, my wife and I were at the end of our tether with two crying twins, and I decided to load them in the stroller and take them for a jog around the hood. I was going along when I saw a bunch of cars and people up here on the footpath. It was pretty loud and obviously a bit of a party. It wasn't until I got closer that I noticed the mongrel mob patches. I bricked myself, and I thought it would be too obvious if I crossed the road or did a 180, so I walked along the berm, eyes averted, to go past when one of them said, you got twins. I replied in the affirmative and noticed that now I had three mobsters around me, and he's put in 
brackets, a big pale ginger. Wondering what was coming next, I was relieved when he simply said, me too bro, hard eh? We stood there for 10 or so minutes discussing the nature of twin parenting. When we finished our chat, one had fallen asleep and the other had stopped crying. Now I'm assuming he's talking about the twins, not the mongrel mob members, but you know, either way, it's a really good story. It's a sweet story. Uh, We said our goodbyes and I may have broken a 3,000 metre with Stroller world record on the way home. Dave, thank you so, so much. We kind of bullied that one out of you, um, but I appreciate you sending it in and it really is a very sweet story. Dave had written to us about something else, which is coming up, and um, he mentioned that he had a greatest run ever and we went, don't be one of those people. Send them in. So Don't be one of those be people. Be yeah. like Dave. Send them in. Um, the rest of you, don't forget, every greatest run ever we receive between now and July 10 goes in the draw to win an entry to the Tarawera Ultra. Do it. Right. Let's get on with this interview, shall we? Mm. Well, actually, first up, hold up, hold yep. up. Before we do that, have a listen to this. What do you like about Trailblazers? Um, I like that it's fun and that you can make new friends and um, that you can get faster. I like about Trailblazers is that you can make friends and get fit for other sports. What I like about Trailblazers is... You can make new friends, you can push yourself, and you get fit. What I like about Trail Praises is that it's open to everybody and you can make new friends and it's not about being the best, it's about trying your hardest. So... Those are the kids from the Trailblazers Aotearoa Volunteer Organisation. Joe Ryder and Sarah Haidawa are programme leaders from the Trailblazers, which is currently based in Porirua and Otutahi Christchurch. Joe founded it when she realised that running could help the kids she was seeing from disadvantaged backgrounds through her work in schools as a police officer. It's taken off and has now expanded to Christchurch, and they're ready to see it grow some more. It's an incredible programme, and these are two remarkable wahine tour. This episode of Dirt Church Radio is brought to you by SOS Hydration. SOS Hydration is designed by a doctor for use by the world's best athletes and those who push themselves in work, sport and everyday adventure. If you go to soshydration.co.nz, buy some SOS Hydration. It's delicious and use the word church at checkout. You get a special 15% discount for listeners of this podcast. Get after it. I mean, that delicious flavours, coconut, watermelon, citrus, berry and mango. soshydration.co.nz. When's a doctor ever been wrong? We are incredibly thrilled to be joined by Joe and Sarah from Trailblazers Aotearoa. Kia ora to you both. How are you doing? Kia ora. Kia ora, Matt. Kia ora, Eugene. A little bit nervous as we just... <laughs> what? No, it's just us. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Nothing to be nervous. But yeah, just, just us. Just out on a... Just out for a casual convo. Look, I mean... We were really taken by, um, you know, the 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 kaupapa of of Trailblazers Aotearoa. Can you tell us? I mean, what is your mission? I'll let you speak to that, Joe. Um, it was your your baby to begin uh, with. Thanks, Sarah. Um, yeah. So the mission really is essentially to provide a platform for young people in Aotearoa to. Uh, heal from, initially heal from trauma and as those of us that enjoy trail running is it's such a therapeutic and beneficial way but it's not always accessible to 
children and young people across New Zealand. So um, the mission is to provide a, a form of sport that is supportive and responsive to the individual needs of young people. So not just a throw them in sport and they'll be all right attitude, but a look at them individually and sort of respond within the group with a really supportive and um, inclusive program that progresses each individual kid. Yeah, yeah. I like to think of it as, you know, running is the tool uh, to support the children in other aspects of their life. It's not necessarily that we're out to try and make really great runners, uh, but, yeah, running is running is a great tool for, to facilitate that for, for the children. Mm. So it's, it's, a, it's a way to get, um, a, yeah, a handout to them. Well, not a hand, a ha- as in not a handout, but to reach out to people, to young people. Yeah, and whatever, I mean, yeah, the, the some kids come. Start. Sorry, Joe, you go ahead. No, no, carry on, Sarah. Yeah, I was just going to say, I've lost my train of thought. No, I was just going to say that, you know, in the group of children that, that I have, uh, that I that I that are part of our group in Porirua, you know, each and every one is there maybe for a slightly different reason. And some it might be that they want to be really good at running and they love running and they want to progress their running and that. But then, of course, in the sideline, there's other things going on that, you know, help their well-being and their path in life. And for others, it's not at all about running. It's just part of being uh, part of a group um, and, and a whole lot of other benefits that they get with the breathing and being connection and whatever else so yeah the range of what children can get out of it is is pretty broad mm. trial running so, i mean it's okay. uh, there's always this discussion about trial running being such an in- inclusive uh enterprise but it, it can be quite a solitary and sort of almost an inward inward looking thing i mean what attracted you or what sort of what was your how did you get to starting something uh specifically for disadvantaged children in Aotearoa, New Zealand? Um, yeah, I was just going to say that the program started through my work in the police as a school community officer, whereby working in a sort of such a, um, an area of need in Parirua, there came to be a, a small group of children that they were at, there was about sort of 10 kids that were already involved in trying to get to their cross-country training. And so I sort of thought, well, why wouldn't you want to go running while you're working? So I jumped in on that and started supporting them in their sessions. And then from that, and, and this is sort of the philosophy behind our program, is that it's all about relationships. So um, through getting to know the kids in the school and in the wider community, more kids jumped on board. So it's not about the running for them. And I still, I still say when I look at back on over the couple of years in Porirua, they didn't join to become runners. They didn't even necessarily join because they wanted to run, but they joined because they saw a group of um, a safe, supportive group with caring adults. And then, then we got them in the sort of nature, and we were lucky enough that the area was surrounded by really beautiful trails, so we could get them out there. And it was just it, it blew me away. It's they'd stop. You know, these are kids from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of adversity. They'd stop and they'd go, "Whoa, look at the view." You know, and it's just, um, you know, those moments um, 
and then the other side of it when they were having a, a crappy day, as we all have on the trails, you know, one kid on every run, different kid would stop and, you know, start walking and then you peel off with them. And that's when you had those magic moments with them where you had those chats that we all have. I mean, I've, you know, you, you share more with those people side by side out training than you would in regular day to day uh, life so it's sort of that's where it was like this is magic this is we've got to we've got to promote this and make it accessible to more kids which is what the movement now probably is that I've moved away and we've established as a as a trust so that we can provide a sort of platform for inclusive sport for kids that don't fit in your first 15 or your netball teams. And Sarah how did you come to be involved? Yeah, I mean, I I met Joe through uh, the local suburb that we lived in, and then um, I guess probably through wild things, <laughs> seeing seeing posts and her name, and then we joined we joined up for an Xterra event. So through running, through local community, and, and got chatting, and um, yeah, found out uh, what Joe was doing, and put my hand up to volunteer straight away. And I actually remember. Oh, there was a there was an early episode, um, was it Rodney maybe, uh, that was doing um, some work in schools with kids and running. Um, that was one of your podcasts, and I remember at the time listening to that, thinking, "Yeah, that's that's unreal. I really want to get involved in something like that." So, yeah, I, I was I jumped up um, straight away and put my hand up and loved it from day one. Yeah, yeah, and then um, yeah, it was. Last year, Joe moved to Christchurch, and that was sad. Uh, but um, yeah, I I took on that opportunity to to continue on in Porirua with the kids there, and and I guess I've fallen into the role of lead facilitator of Porirua at the moment. And but yeah, I absolutely can't do it without then all the volunteers that uh, form part of Trailblazers in Porirua. Mm. How what's Give us an idea of how many kids you get along and, 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 and what, what you need around you to be able to, to operate in terms yeah, of so volunteers. Yeah, so at the moment we're getting up to, up to 24 kids uh, on, a, on a good session and, you know, there's, there's a bit of rotation week to week and who's there but surprisingly, you know, it'll be pouring with rain and you think you'll turn up and there won't be that many there and they're all there. And you're like, wow, okay, this is cool. You know, they're just really not necessarily keen to run, but like Joe said, just keen to be a part of something and week to week just continue being part of that that group. Um, yeah, and so really to, um, to run it week to week needs adult volunteers to help obviously coordinate runs out on the trails or if, you know, if it's not really a trail week, we might... Um, just stay sort of on the turf area at Ascot Park where we base ourselves and have different stations. Um, so, yeah, adults, um, we have Kai after every session and Koriro in a circle um, and we can talk about how they're feeling each day. Um, so, yeah, definitely, you know, the volunteers really, it's all a volunteer-based organisation, so that's, that's integral to the functioning of it. I'm struck by lots of things, but, I mean, we've had other guests on Dirt Church Radio who've started programs for underserved uh, youth um, in a northern American context or in, in, in Europe and stuff like that. 
what specifically are the challenges and what makes them unique for um, the young, you know, young people in Otutahi Christchurch and, and Porirua, or New Zealand in general? Um, I mean, I, I can't speak for overseas and um, I can only speak for what the, the population that we're promoting to serve and that, we're, that we are serving. But the, initially I focused on, and this was through my work background, was the children that had experienced trauma. So trauma being sort of, they talk big T or little T, so one big experience that is so significant that it affects the essentially the development of the brain and the stress response system so they are more reactive or they are very underreactive. Um, and since for myself since moving to Christchurch the sort of our, our clientele is a little bit different and so we are seeing a bit more sort of because in our enrollment form I ask parents to outline any sort of triggers or or things that we should be consider you know take into consideration so that we can design the program to make it you know as supportive for them as we can and um, so you're seeing sort of children with struggling with self-esteem or anxiety or just like Sarah said kids that just want to come and run so it's, it's quite the range but I would expect from and I can't speak just to this because of my experience as a police officer in schools because overall there's just such a such a backlog of support, a lacking of support systems. And I think, Matt, you probably live this to a degree, is that families just can't get the support they need. And I think partly my, one of my boys has uh, autism, so I've been through that system myself and am lucky in some ways from my position that I have access services, but that was not without a fight. So I think the struggle is children presenting with behavioural challenges and just being labelled the naughty mm. kids or the loud kid or the attention seeker. Whereas what I like to position our programme as a programme that will help develop, we're a youth development programme that uses trail running. So teaching social and emotional skills and, and hopefully helping them overcome so that we can then pass them on to whatever sport they might want to do that's not trail running or activity. Yeah, give them um, a toolkit. Sorry, that was a long answer to it. <laughs> yeah. And I guess those things, it's, it's, I mean, you're looking at, you know, Joe, what you said about, you know, rubbing up against any sort of service even if you consider yourself to a have the means and be the kind of the the wherewithal and I guess even see the basic trust to think that the service isn't going to specifically uh isn't setting out to to do me harm <laughs> you know it's difficult enough I guess at the moment um so I I I mean I guess for some of your kids it must be a real challenge even sort of showing up Right and and trusting that this thing that they're going to they're going to make themselves vulnerable to you because um, we make ourselves pretty vulnerable when we're you know huffing and puffing around the trails that's for sure right we had we had to really build on the relationships I had children that wouldn't uh, and this is initially when I was in my police because they knew me as a police officer so they wouldn't even look up from their desks at me when I came mm. into the classroom 
and slowly but surely it was sort of chipping away and and building that trust and even even going to the home and you know I took around a cooked meal once for a family which is a little bit out there but it it took that because I really wanted to engage those kids in the program because uh, yeah I guess I just knew and I had that um just that certainty that if we could get them in the program, it would add those la- those protective layers to them. And sh- we got there and they came along and it was fantastic. So it really is just having that relationship and trust building up for these kids and then seeing them, yeah, just like for example, next terror with one boy who, you know, had has had huge adversity in his life and seeing him just, you know, just go through it and you could kind of see his brain going this is you know I've got this I've done I've done harder than this Mm. it's pretty cool we, you mentioned earlier too the um that whole thing of being alongside someone and it's something we've talked about on the show before as well but it's so important isn't it that being able to be in an environment where um Physically, you're, you're you're struggling, so you're kind of there's all those all those good chemicals happening, um, but you're not feeling like you're sitting in front of someone, eye to eye, um, so you can you can feel a bit more willing to open up and, and and share. So I imagine you've had lots of those moments as well, where where kids will will share with you things that perhaps they wouldn't if you were in another type of environment. Absolutely. Share share with us, share with any of the volunteers and, and share amongst each other. I see it, you know, like we'll say, buddy up with, with someone. It doesn't have to be your best mate. Just sort of choose someone to buddy up to today and then they'll run along. And, you know, it doesn't really matter what they're talking about, but they're running along chatting. And, yeah, I've, I've had in that uh, corridor circle at the end of a session, what was your favourite part of today's session? And it was you know, running alongside so-and-so and having a good chat. Like, that was what they got out of the session was just having a chat with someone and that's, that's you know, there's great benefits in that alone. I mean, as I think about, you know, Eugene and I got out for a, a trot yesterday morning and it was a 19-minute, I think, my jaw was probably tighter than my legs by then. <laughs> you know, you just start talking and then you find, you know, and there's some big hills on the route that we were doing and, and you sort of look to the top and you go, oh my goodness me, but you're having a chat and you're, like Eugene said, you, you're, you're next to your mate and by the time you realise that you're at the top of the hill, and it's, mm. it's a pretty good feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's very cool. And I think, I think it also takes away the social rules that a lot of sports can have for kids and for kids without the social and emotional skills, uh, you know, that prevents a, presents a barrier for them if they're having to think about where they throw the ball or mm. can they tag this, can they tag that. Um, we do incorporate games, but it's, um, yeah, that side-by-side moments, yeah, magic moments, we call them. And it, I guess even sort of physiologically, you know, running such a powerhouse of calm, so you have a vestibular system, you balance your proprioceptive system, like where you are in space. I'm, I'm supposing for a lot of your kids who... I'm guessing that some of them have processing disorders or they're the they're the clumsy kid in the classroom or the kid that can't keep their legs still who's kind of knocking stuff over and jiggling around and stuff like that. It's a, it must be a really quite alien to be in a space where they're actually in a more of a calm or flowing space rather than this kind of jerky, disordered, 
kind of, you know, that spatially unaware kind of existence. Yeah, most definitely. I, I'm, I've been, um, I'm completing a, um, a certification study this year around the science or the brain science around sport, and a lot of it does come back to what you said, Matt, around that um, the regulation and the repetition and its calming effects, which sort of you, you take right back to our origin when we're in the womb, and, and that's all sort of, you know, you've got the mum's heartbeat and everything you want is right there, and then suddenly you're born. And then for those kids that don't have mm. attentive um, providing caregivers, everything's disrupted. So running is such a, like it's a golden sport for that because you strip away the other complicated layers and your sort of rhythm repetition. And we try and integrate that in our programs with the, having the predictability and the consistency whilst allowing for the right level and dosing of stress. So we still want to build resilience through the sport so we still need to push them and push their boundaries, but uh, we need to do so in a controlled and um, yeah, and well-managed level so that we can get their outcomes mm. but not set kids up to fail. We don't want that look of defeat on their face when they, you yeah. know, they realise they're the last one or they're the, you know, they can't do it. Mm. So by no means am I sort of pain- when I say, you know, like kids with challenges, I'm, I'm not suggesting that every kid with a big T or, you know, I'm not saying it's only low socioeconomic kids or it's only this kid or it's this certain type of kid, a stereotype, but I'm guessing that some of your kids are almost more challenged by the, like you said, the predictability and the consistency than they are with the application of stress. Yeah, that's quite right, and that's that's something that I've been going over in this um, the study that I'm doing, and it's that they might simply associate myself or Sarah being a, a, a white, you know, middle-class female is triggering something for them or, or a way that we respond to them is having a different messaging. So we're sort of, that, that's where we're trying to work towards with the program and developing it. And, and we've got a long way to go because we're just in our, in our sort of early stages. But in... Um, in an ideal world, once we have the time and the the yeah the time and the resources to do so, we'll, the dream will be to have a program that's very um, you know intricately designed so that we can support each individual as best we can, rather mm. than by guesswork. Mm. I've been uh, so if really... a kid if a kid say. I was just going to say, I've, I feel like I've been really lucky in the Porirua group of late with some of the volunteers that have come on board, um, that we've got, you know, males and females of different uh, ethnic backgrounds. We've recently, uh, we had a, have a lovely Samoan dad that's joined and then all of a sudden he's speaking Samoan with some of the kids and, you know, their eyes light up and then the next week uh, they say, oh, you know, is, is Tony here? And I'm, I don't, I'm not sure if he's coming, why? Yeah, we really want him. We, we really want Tony to come back. So they really do develop connections with different volunteers. Individuals connect with, with yeah, different different volunteers. So, yeah, I feel really fortunate that we've had such a, a good, diverse group of volunteers in the Porirua group. Mm. So how, how does it work? So, uh, first of all, 
how do you find the kids or how do they find you? <laughs> and then somebody turns up, what happens? <laughs> Do you want to speak to Parirua, Sarah? Yeah, so with Porirua, uh, at the moment, we are focused out of two schools that sort of sit either side of Ascot Park. Uh, we've got Rangikura School and Tairangi School, uh, and it was originally born out of Tairangi School and, uh, with Joe. And uh, my son actually attends Rangikura, and so I sort of found that it was easy for me to communicate with the staff there and, and get their support. And um, both schools... You know, really on board with the program and facilitate, um, you know, e- even as far as f- uh, food and fruit and uh, printing of notice forms and the, the school bus they'll lend us if we've got to go and do an Xterra event that's kindly donated by Benji. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's sort of through the schools that we are getting the kids to come along and then there's some other kids outside of that that might be children of volunteers or word of mouth but primarily in Porirua it's focused between those two schools. And and so what happens? Do they just turn up and is there certain days they turn up or how, how does it, what's the practicalities yeah, yeah, of it? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm running Porirua on a Tuesday afternoon at 3.30 and they wander down after school and meet on the Ascot Park turf. They know their warm-up drill, which is to run a lap of the, of the turf field and uh, the idea is that they all... Anyone that comes in first sort of heads back and, and brings in the last runners. So they all arrive back together, then sit in a circle and each um, week we have that circle and we say our name loud and proud and we have a question of the day that might be what's your favourite takeaway it might be you know how are you feeling today it can be any random question sometimes I instigate the question a lot of the time the kids are going can we ask this today yep sure that sounds good (laughs) Um, and then we kind of move into the main session and, and that depends a little bit on how many volunteers we've got whether we need to kind of keep it based in that um, Ascot Park turf area or if we've got more volunteers we're able to head further out into Bothamley Park or along the trails and yeah then it's just about running and moving and buddying up with runners and encouraging them and pushing them up that hill and going come on I'm, I'm with you we're not stopping until we get to the top and then they just say I didn't know I could do that I'm so surprised and yeah so and then we finish off with um Usually a circle if we have time and we can talk about what we liked, didn't like in the session and a bit of kai um, and, yeah, that's it. So about an hour to an hour and a half um, usually draws out on every week on a Tuesday. Brilliant. And, Joe, have you been able to transfer it down to Osatahi? To, have you got something up and running down there already? We do. We're quite new. We're in week three, which I'll miss out on tomorrow, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Which is a little bit of FOMO going on, um, but they're set up to go, which is great. So it's the same thing. We're so reliant on volunteers and it's just luck or, or probably not luck. It's um, our pool of volunteers here have all come from really the, probably through Wild Things as, as such an amazing supportive community and Consequently, of course, they're so it's, it's we need to develop our volunteer training, but we're all on doing it just, you know, when we're not working for paid money or, um, you know, we're not with the kids and all that. So it's all just in spare time. So it's just um, fantastic that these 
volunteers are just it's almost like they've been trained and same for Sarah as I can tell that they just um, they almost live our philosophy anyway we will tweak that and and there will be um, more thorough training but yeah we have um, a community session here which is on Tuesdays as well um, we promoted to several schools and, and sort of outlined our reason or our purpose so that we were serving the right young people, but also those that weren't necessarily our priority population were those that came along because they promote, you know, that they, they're inclusive kids, they're inclusive families, they're there for the right reason. We don't want the, I'm happy enough to pass a kid on to a, a running club or, or to a different group if they're more suited that way. Mm. And then on top of that, I could probably be in about 10 schools, but but we can't because we just can't um, work for free necessarily just yet. <laughs> yeah, and you wouldn't want to stretch you wouldn't want to stretch things too thin, wouldn't you? Because then you're sort of defeating the purpose. You might as well just be a running club. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But yes, it's it's quite a, it's it's a, like running. It's addictive, isn't it? It's there's um. I, I see the need in so many schools I go to for work. So mm. you see the kids and you think, I want mm. you. <laughs> you know, I can help you. <laughs> I'm interested to know, or we're interested to know your own backgrounds in running. I mean, what attracted um, you both in the first place to running in general and specifically trail running? I'll go first. <laughs> I um, I think what attracted me to running as a, as a young kid in school, I was pretty good at cross country, uh, but I wasn't, I love sport, but I wasn't particularly good at any sport. I, uh, and then I, I think that's what I still like about trail running in particular is the fact that it's so available to everyone and you don't have to be so good at it to be able to enter a 50k run walk um it's accessible to so many people um you know i have an i have a connection with nature so it ticks that box as well for me um yeah fitness and and just yeah that ability to just go out and run and not have to be like super fast at it or super strong on the uphills but yeah so yeah that's pretty much where i'm at with it i'm i'm, I'm no exciting amazing <laughs> trail runner but uh yeah yeah, what about you, Joe? It's that scalability, isn't it? It's that scalability, isn't it? It's that it, it can be as much or as little as you want it to be, as fast or as slow as you want it to be. Yeah, if, if the niggles play ball. <laughs> True. <laughs> and Joe, what about what about you? How did you first oh, come to running? Gosh, I started running back in primary school, I think. I, I did use it probably for a bit of mental health. Um, I... You know, my, my dad passed away when I was young and mum put us into, we went into boarding school and I think I just, I don't know how, but I, I similar to Sarah, I was, I was okay at sport, but I wasn't outstanding and um, yeah, I had a few struggles and I just, I don't know what made me think of it, I just started running and, and did okay and, and then probably the relationships and the connections. Back as a youngster through high school, I was lucky enough to be at school with a daughter of a very good um, triathlete, John Hallamans. 
Ah. And yeah, so they kind of saw probably a bit of a wayward um, youngster and him and his wife, Ian, who was a um, nutritionist at the time and I had um, uh, Jenny Rose coaching me, they sort of wrapped around and, and I, you know, similar potentially to some of the children we work with, I found a thing that was outside of my, um, you know, my personal background and I managed to find a sense of belonging and and since then it's just sort of, it's been, you know, up and down and on and off depending on and, on children but it's it's like you all say it, it's always there for you so all you need is that pair of shoes mm. really and you can step out mm. and get those benefits like on Friday when I um when I got out for my long run finally after a long period of sickness um you find your happy place mm. yeah we really miss it when we can't do it don't we but I guess that makes us appreciate it more right yeah and i mean you've both uh as we understand picked up free entries to races <laughs> um <laughs> joe to create a rim which of course didn't happen but um fingers crossed and sarah to topo is that right tell us about that yeah and how and how do you win these things <laughs> well i i saw a, <laughs> give, give some tips to people. <laughs> i saw a, a post recently on facebook for from the topo ultra saying that someone who had entered the 100k event could no longer do it and was generously donating their entry to someone who would like to run it and raise funds for a charity and you know they said so nominate yourself and i thought Okay, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> Mustn't have been thinking very clearly at the time, but I did, and then I panicked and thought, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna win it. Is it actually winning if I win it?" <laughs> and yeah, sure enough, I, I got the the email advising that I had secured an entry into the 100 Topo Ultra this year. Uh, so yes, I am going to take on that challenge, and I'm extremely nervous, uh, but. I like the idea that this is uh, a challenge that terrifies me and that I don't know if I'll be able to complete. So I've, I've, I've done the 50 at Topol before and you know, I was quietly confident at the time that I could do it. I would train for it and I'd you know run a 42 in the lead up. This time round, yeah, I'm not so sure. So we'll, we'll see how it goes and, you know... I'm pretty headstrong when it comes to achieving my goals, but uh, 100K, the body might uh, decide otherwise. We'll see. <laughs> but, yeah, I really look forward to the journey, I suppose, as much as the event itself in training through winter, um, you know, toughening up, putting my concrete undies on and and raising funds for Trailblazers, creating a little bit more awareness out there um, for our new little charity that, um, yeah, can do some really good things for, for the kids. So... Yeah, and Joe, Joe's going to do it with me, aren't you, Joe? <laughs> well, I, I had thought it was that. She messaged me, and I thought, "Yep, why not?" Like, you know, I'm no, I am a bit crazy, so you know, crazy people do crazy things. But using that term, you know, with the relative, like, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I did think, I swear she said the Tarawera, so I thought February, that's a long time away. I'm <laughs> Threw you in the deep end. So I don't know. Yeah, I should check back on our messaging and see if I was misled. <laughs> but yeah, 
I think it would be really cool to do something together uh, to compete alongside someone rather than just sort of doing it solo and, and also training towards something remotely with someone. We can't get too much in each other's grill so that we um, fall out with each other. <laughs> and um, yeah, I've said to her, so long as she's happy to, yeah, put up with some pretty big conversations probably yeah. whilst we battle through. We've, I've never done, most I've done is a 50 and a, um, you know, a, a three-day long distance event and and that's about it so it's all um very unknown but if we uh I think both of us will probably reflect on the young people we've worked with and think gosh you know if they can do this we can do this no problem yeah and I and I think wearing our bright green trailblazers shirt running the event will uh with will help with that be a constant reminder (laughs) Yeah, get conversations going as well yeah, with people right. around you. And, you know, you wear that with as yeah. a badge of honour and, yeah, mm. those little things will help. Definitely. Totally. Yeah. Lisa, so um, what's your approach to training? How, how are you – Are you have you got a plan? Are you <laughs> winging it? What are you going to do? Oh, a bit of both. We're, we we're have really, a plan. Yeah, we're really lucky that um, Eve from Life in Motion here in Wellington – uh, she has generously donated a running plan for Joe and I to use, uh, which definitely settles the nerves a bit because you can just sort of not think too much and follow the plan that she's yet yeah, provided for us. Um, but I sort of plan to go in a little undercooked. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell it, let, talk us... Th- I, I want to. I'm going to dive deep on this. Talk us through the strategy, Sarah. It's speaking to me. Uh, gone undercooked. I mean, are we are we thinking we're just? Well, you know, are you just like Eve, the equivalent put of putting in... a steak under tinfoil. What is it? <laughs> yeah, no. Eve's put in a few like optional. If you're feeling good, well, you know, <laughs> I will take those optional ones as optional, and I I won't necessarily be doing, you know, like every single scheduled run if I'm not feeling good and. I'm just going to listen to my body, I think, because I have got a niggle and I said that out loud just then, even though I've really been trying not to acknowledge it. Um, So that's probably the biggest fear I have going into it is that niggle. But, yeah, I know that my head is strong uh, and my fitness is pretty okay and I've got a pretty good endurance base. So, yeah, I think um, not overtraining will be will be ideal for me yeah that's my approach Look, I, undercooked. I, th- <laughs> I mean I don't think it's undercooked I think it's perfectly prepared I mean so many you know so many people I, I remember talking to you know uh, his name's Keith Crook he's a fantastic athlete um, and was sort of in right at the kind of almost the golden age when Tarawira was really taking off you know uh, probably a couple of years before we started Eugene um, and he was talking about, you know, he was in with Mal Law and all those guys and just they didn't really know what they were doing and they trained 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 and, they trained and, and he said all of us bar none got to the got to the start line utterly broken, mm. you know, and they nutted it out, right? They did it, they finished, whatever. Um, but they, you know, they were just, just destroyed. We had Marty Lukes on our podcast a, a few weeks back and he was talking about the fact that he was out, you know, him and this group of dudes doing these, you know, just 
bananas distances and, and intensity. And his one mate sort of had a breakdown mid-run and hasn't run again, and mm. it's been 20 years. Like, he literally <laughs> threw his toys out the cot, and that's it. So, yeah, it sounds like your strategies are much... Undercooked for the win, I yeah, say. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll, we'll see, yeah. I, when I did you the wanna 50... Be, you want to be medium rare. You don't want to be <laughs> well done. Right? I remember when I did the 50 a um, few years back now, my close mate took me... Uh, to the snowfields, and I thought I was just going to watch the kids on the toboggan. And she said, "No, no, we're going snowboarding." I'm like, "No, no, no, I'm I'm racing next week. Got to do a 50." No, come on, you'll be right. So yeah, I did uh, snowboarding for the first time a week out from the 50, and uh, had pretty dead legs the whole way through. I thought it was I thought it was nerves, and I was like, "This is going to settle. This is going to settle. It's all good." But it wasn't all good. Uh, yeah, so I, I you know, I've learned. So I think. <laughs> I think that approach. So well. no, no snowboarding no in the Eve's uh, taper plan. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I wanted to ask you specifically, if I may. I mean, what led you into the field within the within the police service of uh, you know of, of engagement with youth? I mean, I, I think about that school years and like I grew up in the eighties and um, blue light discos, right? So <laughs> you know. I think it was more youth that led me to police. I was a briefly, I had a brief career as a primary school teacher and I was working, I remember working at, um, I think it was Avondale Intermediate in West Auckland and I saw this fantastic school principal, Rota Carrington, and he was just, he had this magic way with these kids. And I, and I was in there as a regular relief teacher whilst I was off trying to be a professional cyclist. And um, I just, these kids, they had such, uh, I don't know how it came up, but they had such a sort of uh, repellent to the police, which, you know, now obviously I understand, but back then I was very naive and young and I just, I, I guess it was sort of, I joined police to help kids. It sounds a bit cliche, but I joined police legit to help kids. I probably in hindsight should have done social work because I am more that side. I'm more that early intervention and, and really wanting to um, step in there and support them away from uh, any involve or any harm by any involvement in the youth justice system, but yeah, that's that's it. I joined to help the youth, not not. I didn't join police and then be drawn towards working with mm. young people. And is is it is it a role? Do you think that's sort of looking to the future? You, you know, things sort of ebb and flow in terms of. Not, not even their popularity, that's the wrong word. Is it, is it a role that there's a recognition that, and that sounds like a stupid question, but it needs to be asked, right. that there's a recognition that this is actually a really, probably a much more pleasant and meaningful way to engage people, like you said, with avoiding that harm of rubbing mm. up against the justice system. It's my, the role that I do, which is called a school community officer, sorry, school community officer, is quite a hard to fill position. I guess, and probably relating to the way you asked your question, is that people don't join police to work with young people so much. And especially at my level where part of it is education and and that real root sort of root level sort of prevention where you're just giving the advice and you're you're asked for this and that and it's not something that attracts many police officers. Whereas that um, what I sort of... Uh, 
position my role as is more that early intervention. So the, the, the really, or the child offenders, not the serious child offenders that are straight into the youth justice system because of the magnitude or seriousness of their offending, but the ones that are starting to go off track. Um, it's it's not a glamorous role or an exciting role in it. Yeah, I guess within police, it's not necessarily regarded as, you know, like you would the, the dog squad or the AOS, but... Um, yeah, but you're trying to stop that, that flow. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's your success, isn't it? Is that it doesn't yeah. become traumatic and it doesn't become um, something yeah. that those units have that's to deal right. with. I yeah. suppose it's frustrating because it's a very grey area. You can't, you know, it's hard to measure what you do. Yeah. Yeah. But so important. Yeah. So, so important. And I bet those, I mean, it's the thing, isn't it? Like any job, any, any sexy job, you think about <laughs> like, uh, and this is said with all due respect, I've, I've rubbed up, rubbed up against quite a few uh, canine units in, in my day. And um, gosh, don't owners become like their pets sometimes, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to change that. No, Charles <laughs> wagon. <laughs> Eating out of bowls. Yeah, that's right. Um, Joe, uh, sorry, professional cyclist. What? Yeah, let's, no. let's go there. Oh, well, well, yeah, let's go there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice segue. Nice segue. No, look, I what did I do? I started in triathlon and did Ironman quite young in my sort of early 20s and then actually I got injured and I was actually down in the viaduct probably over quite a few bubbles as a non-drinking athlete um it was oh, Graham Miller who was a yeah, come off games yeah. gold medalist yeah. and he said to me he said give cycling a go give up running it's probably right you're no good I had the legs for cycling and so I just took up cycling I never I, mean, I, I raced in the States in a youth development team, which was pretty cool. And I only managed to get on that team when I finally topped my phone up and received a message, voice message from Susie Pride inviting me to join the team as a triathlete that had no idea of how to ride in bunches. Um, I also, probably the reason I should be in running, not cycling, I'm not very coordinated. And with my son's diagnosis, I sometimes back diagnose and, you know, try and claim some of that for my um, lack of dance moves and sort of, you know, coordination skills. Um, so I gave cycling a shot for a few years and then gave up quite a few crashes. Yeah. Because it's an anathema, isn't it, to triathletes, to bunch. It's actually not a thing. They're not allowed to. It's a penalty. No you can't draft. You can't. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a friend named Gene who decided he'd become a, not just a triathlete but an ultra, ultraman competitor yeah. and um he copped so much abuse hey eugene because he <laughs> he'd run with people he'd try and run because he's a trial runner so he'd try and run with people along in a triathlon they don't like it apparently and he'd try he'd, he'd always or, kind or of riding up to people ride, how are yeah, you okay. how's your day going you know how's it going <laughs> <laughs> didn't go down well no, no. so is that we no, <laughs> no absolutely no. absolutely were, were you racing in the in the states in the team joe yeah, I was, I was, what, 24, I think. So not, not really young, although I felt really young. I, I feel like I've um, been a late sort of, you know, 
I grew up late. Um, <laughs> I matured late. Um, yes, so that was that was before I joined police in 2007. So I would have done that sort of prior to. I worked in a bike shop for a for a year or so and did the sort of you know, I guess the wannabe journey, which was which was really cool. And and we took a team over to the states and did the sort of circuit there over a wee while. It was cool. Fantastic. I mean, yeah. great, great well, experience. Yeah. Very cool experience. And what a, and, and, and what a, um, what a, what a basket you bring to your role now, you know, all those taking chances, being thrust out of your comfort zone into a different, you know, environment where you have nothing to, you know, the, the adversity, all that sort of stuff. I mean, massive, just huge. Yeah. The poor kids even get to, I get them to do um, Peloton-style running. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what is Peloton-style yeah, let's, let's, let's running? Let's, let's, let's take a dive on that one. Um, <laughs> this, is part of, this is part of my risk and hazard management so we don't lose anyone on the trails. They've got to be uh, a small pack. The front ones peel off, right? slowly drop to the back, and then the pack carries on at a consistent pace. Nice. I like that. I yeah. think we should institute that in, in Riverhead, Matt. I think go. we can make it compulsory. I can think of some runs where that would have been helpful, actually. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> the, pal- the Peloton style run. Not the-, the Peloton definitely has split yeah. in many occasions. And there's a, cha- yeah. there's a chase group. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> or not a chase group. The opposite of a chase group. No. No one, no, one group. Like, no one likes the person on the bike that gets to the front and puts up the pace. Yeah. So you don't want to be that that um, yeah. run bunch peloton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But and the bonus Sarah, is you, I mean, we only know this of, of uh, being in, in the lead in that situation, so everyone gets a chance up being up Abs- front. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I was just going to say, Sarah, we only know this because you admitted it beforehand, but apparently you're not from Porirua. <laughs> so what what brought you to? Um, what brought you to, to across the Tasman? Yeah, so uh, I was in Brisbane before coming over to New Zealand five years ago. And uh, at the time, I had a four-year-old and a seven-year-old and a husband. <laughs> I still have a husband. I still have two kids. <laughs> uh, but Tom, my husband, he, he told me one day that he got a job. And I said, oh, great. And he told me all about it and it sounded really good and... Then he dropped in that it was in New Zealand and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we had a big decision to make whether we, you know, pack up uh, and, and move over to New Zealand to uh, pursue this this role for him. But uh, I guess more of the reason that he actually looked at this role, given that it was in New Zealand, is that he, uh, his whanau, uh, he, he's a Kiwi. Um, he was born in Australia but his dad is Māori and his mum is from Christchurch. So, And he'd never experienced living in New Zealand. So uh, wanted to really connect with, um, yeah, with his culture. And so we gave it a crack and we thought, yeah, after two years we can go back and, and you know, experience living in New Zealand for two years and, and maybe move back. And after two years he said, okay, well, you know, we can move back now. There's another role for me back in Australia. And I said, absolutely not. Uh, Hey, I've invested far too heavily in Merino um, and I really need to make use of it. <laughs> but yeah, I just. It's no good in Brisbane. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, uh, and I just, I do, I absolutely love it here. So, um, 
yeah, we've we've settled now in Porirua. We've been lucky enough to get uh, a nice little fare here, and uh, we're happy. We're all happy. So, yeah, pretty happy to call New Zealand home. That's for sure. Epic. Yeah, the trails the trails are, are glorious around here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, have either of you run a lot in Taupo before? I've I've done the fifty uh, Taupo Ultra. Um, okay. That's all I've done there. I mean, yeah. it's beautiful, right? You're in for you're in for a treat. It's just yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yep. So we're going to ask you now. I mean, thank like. I guess before we finish, where can people, where can people get engaged? And this is a this is a call to action for all. I'm thinking about you know in Potterdoor. I'm thinking about all the worm runners that are listening, all the very very keen trail runners who are keen to give something back or contribute a little bit of time or gear or whatever you can. Um, and same in Otutahi Christchurch because I know that there's a massive trail community down there, very strong one. Where can people find you? And how can and what do you need? What do you need? Yeah. Mm. Wow. What do we need? <laughs> for, the, for the context for volunteers, so to get on the trails safely, we need the numbers of, you know, trail runners or, or runners that just like to work with children. So um, through if they find us on Facebook, either, or probably um, we're under Aotearoa, Trailblazers should find us. Um, otherwise, our email addresses, which we can, we can pass on. And um, and beyond Christchurch and Porirua, down the path, we would love to be able to support groups in other areas um, with with a full sort of package of support so that it aligns with our co-papa. Um, so if anyone was interested in other areas, that's something we would like to move towards so that we can spread the sort of spread the benefit and the outcomes. Uh. Um, Sarah, what do you need? <laughs> Money. <laughs> well, <laughs> we we uh, we are grateful for uh, shoes that are kind of good quality trail shoes, um, and vouchers to really be able to get kids new shoes is is even more ideal. I know that's a big ask, but uh, we have had. Situations where they just don't fit, or they, you know, a lot of the mm. kids do just feel better wearing a pair of shoes that are for them, bought for them. Um, and mm. yeah, coming coming into winter, things like um, long sleeve merinos that they can wear under their bright green trailblazer shirt is is great. Um, we've really been supported um, a lot already with entries into events and. Um, Kai from the community and the schools, and but yeah, they're all the things that sort of tick it over really yeah I think well we'll, we'll make sure to include all the links um, in our show notes so that people can get in touch with you and, and um, yeah help in any way that you guys need it yeah and, and I mean like Matt there's, said there's plenty of there's probably ways that people can help that I haven't even thought of so you know people are, are able yeah. to just go hey would this work mm. would this help and yeah feel free to shout out with an idea and we'll, we'll take it on board we are, we're still sort of early days of setting up as a charitable trust. So if there are any people with sort of um, passion or, or interest in coming on board, we'll be, you know, sort of building our committee. And like Sarah says, any skills or interests, the more the merrier. Um, you know, you just got to believe in, in sort of 
for support for children beyond beyond their behaviours. So, Sarah, Joe, we'll ask you the question that we ask everyone who comes on Dirt Church Radio, and this will be a bit of a long one because it's two people. Um, <laughs> would you like to share, well, I'll start with you, Joe. what's been your greatest run ever? Oh, gosh, this is the thing, isn't it? You listen to this when we listen to your podcast and you think, oh, every time you're listening, what would be my greatest run? And I, I haven't... It's going to sound a bit cliche, but a run that I always come back to because I've done a lot of, you know, nothing massive, but over the years I've done a lot of different types of events and different competing. And, you know, I would have liked to think that, you know, the Tarawera 50 was my greatest run, but there wasn't quite right. So I, I, I come back to this run at one of Benji's fantastic Xterra trail events. And I say a bit cliche because I'm not trying to push the trailblazers here, but I was running next to this boy who had been in the program since, since you know, for a long time. And he, he lined up with a lot more baggage than I have. And he is a lot younger than me. So here's this kid that... Um, probably like me as a kid and, and this is what happens you, you tend to get drawn to the ones that for whatever reason mm-hmm. you have a soft spot for so this kid I definitely had you know he was he was one of my favorites not that we have favorites but if you did <laughs> you resonated and, with um, him <laughs> and um he you know so he was sort of a you know he wasn't your typical athletic build but he and I tried to pop him back I said you know just go slow you know you 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 don't want to overcook yourself. I don't want to have to sort of walk out with you. I don't want him to start out like a, you know, a bullet and then sort of have a hard day. And then we're walking for, I think this one was, um, it was out at the um, Orangarongas. So, you know, fairly sort of rugged and he kept rolling his ankles and I was just sort of holding my breath the whole time and, he, he was pacing himself next to um, quite a athletic trailblazer that we had. And I even, I even said to this kid, I said, oh, gosh, he's going to blow, you know, he's going to blow. He's going out too fast. So you kind of, you're quite involved at this stage because you've, you know, you've traveled alongside them for so long. And, and I said, this, this kid, you know, he was, he was special because he had, he had overcome a lot in his short years and, um, I mean, it's not a big story, this greatest run, but he just kept going and he showed such resilience. And he, I guess for myself, probably it was greatest for me because it took me back to my journey as a runner. And and he just dug deep and you could just see it was those, the you know, the top sort of six inches that, that did the work for him that day. And um, he fell, he got up, he kept going and... and did he what? He dropped that athletic kid that, you know, um, had more things stacked for him and he just kept going. I don't know, Sarah, if you can pick who I'm talking about, but um, yeah, I just, I, I often reflect back on him in that day and when I'm having a hard day, I think, gosh, you know, if he can do that, then pick it up, keep going. Brilliant. I mean, I've got a couple that I can think of, and one of them was also a, an Xterra event running alongside a trailblazer. Um, but my other one was 
when my friend Kev came over to New Zealand visiting um, from Australia and I was proudly, you know, two years into living in New Zealand and was proud to take him on some local trails and we did a, a pretty regular uh, local Porirua circuit up in uh, Te Utawai, up, uh, up right up to the top of Rangituhi and back down and he was just blown away by the change in trails on that must have been an under 20k loop that we did um, right up to the tops views out to the south island a uh, single track and yeah his excitement just bubbled over to me and I just felt so proud of the trails that I was able to run in my backyard and to share that experience and show him um, it was just a really joyous run with him so yeah I, I often think back to that run and I'd have to say that'd be be a greatest run ever <laughs> hmm. Why does it not surprise me that um, your two greatest runs ever are derived from the joy that you saw in others? Mm. So I think that says a lot about the two of you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, we hope that um, somebody listening will mm. think of, or lots of people listening will think of, hey, I can help out that or I can I can do that and maybe start one off somewhere else. So um you know, and they'll get in touch. So, yeah, thank you so, so much for joining us. Thanks, Matt and Eugene. Thanks so much. It's been fantastic to have our voices heard for the Trailblazers. I think it will have a big impact. Thank you, Joe and Sarah. Uh, oh, I loved that chat. I loved how um, hearing the origin story of this incredible organisation and their, their dreams for where to take it. I really hope um, it takes off. Absolutely. And it's, it's at time of recording and, and the lead up, we, we, we're seeing on social media people get involved and, and, and independently of this like people, it's starting to gain mm. some real uh, momentum so you know thank you Joe thank you Sarah thank you all the volunteers and thank you most of all to the children who are getting involved um, with this wonderful program that you're doing such great jobs and Thank you very much for tuning in. We're on social media at Dirt Church Radio and you can email us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. You can find us on all the podcast platforms, like and subscribe if you fancy, and you can download direct from the website, dirtchurchradio.com. Don't forget to write in with your greatest run ever. Uh, you can be in to win that Tarawera entry. We'd love to hear from you and uh, don't forget you can read them on the website too, dirtchurchradio.com. Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running, Further Faster and Cielli. Thank you to our Patreon patrons and Wild Things and SOS Hydration. And thanks to our editor, Kieran. Stay tuned next week. We've got another great show lined up. Have we what? Matewa. Thanks, Rigby. <laughs>